Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. All right, we have to address that last promo. You heard Bach and Rico talking about uh, their feelings for Creighton. Strick, I straight up disagree. I was happy to see Creighton lose. Um, I, no, they can't win. They cannot. It didn't break my heart that that game ended the way it did. Uh, it didn't break my heart that they blew a lead. It doesn't break my heart that they were, you know, 1.2 seconds away from a Final Four. It was a foul. You cannot tell me that it was not a foul. Things went the way they were supposed to. I'm happy for a Gekka Rope. That was awesome, defending that last play down there. He's the Omaha guy that I'm happy for, but come on. I'm a Husker fan. I'm not going to be happy for Creighton. You can't make me be happy for Creighton. Um, being a Husker, I would say um, I hear you, and some of my sentiments go there. But I, I would say that uh, I'm a I'm a Nebraska dude as a whole. Like if if Carney or even if Omaha, I, I, I would I would I would probably root for him. Now um, I'm a little bit more impartial because being a referee at one point in time in my life, uh, I have to agree with you also on that. Um, that it was a foul. You know, you got you got your hand on his shoulder. Um, your interpretation can be, I'm not on his shoulder, but on his hip, Mm -hmm. your interpretation can be that it's a grab. It's a pull down. It's keeping him. It's a, it's a dislodging. There's, there's a lot of different interpretations at that specific point. So your hand being there in that position and you're not straight vertical, you're going a to B Mm -hmm. and he flowed a to B as far as when he took the shot, you, you know, as a referee, I think that's when you, you probably got to put a whistle on. Um, you inhibited, you were beat. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were side by side with them, you might have a, you know, uh, a, a little bit different, probably context to that call. But the fact that you were trailing, he, he falls over A to B at the angle that you had. I had no problem with that call. And I think he had to call it because there's not a lot. There's probably not a lot of them that would put, put a whistle on that call. And let it play. So uh, Darian Trammell, the one that gets fouled, goes to the free throw line, misses the first one, uh, ends up making the second one. And then, Strick, if that foul, non-foul call wasn't enough, we get the out-of-bounds play. First thing first, what I don't think a lot of people mentioned in real time is that Shireman's foot was over the line when he threw that pass. A couple of his toes crossed the out-of-bounds line. Um, So I I don't know if that would have been brought into play, but it should have. Either way, the clock starts late. You get the ball off the fingertips for, you know, a good couple tenths of a second before the clock operator was able to, to start the clock. So it lands harmlessly out of bounds, and we don't even really get a final play. Very, very anticlimactic ending yeah. to the game, and it ends with free throws and then a pass down the court that really had, number one, no chance, but we didn't even get to see, you know, them try to draw probably a lob for Kalkbrenner at that point with all the time remaining. That would be such a weird feeling to be standing in the huddle waiting for the ref to make the call, and then you don't have to go out there and do anything. Like, the game's just over. I get the rule. I think they interpreted it properly. Just a bizarre way yeah. for a Final Four game, or an Elite Eight game, to send someone to the Final Four to end. Yeah, it, it is kind of bizarre. But, yeah, the ball the ball landed. It probably was like, if, if you would have put time back on the clock, you probably would have been able to put point two seconds but it, it was so close that they just basically called it i mean the only shot that you've got at that point is 
a tap, mm-hmm. but I think, you know, hey, point. I think you could have, as, as a ref, if if I would have been the R in that in that particular game, when I saw it hit the ground, that's just my interpretation from the distance that I saw it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't have all the different cam- camera angles angles that they had to be able to look at it. But in 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 viewing it, it looked like it hit about point one, point two, in between point one and two. I throw point two on there. You ain't got you don't have a catch and shoot situation. Throw the lob and maybe you get the tip. I mean, that is something they could have done, but they 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 deferred not to, and so they called the game. The options there for Creighton was either, you know, lob to Kalkbrenner or Kaluma's athletic enough too. Maybe you try something with him, use Kalkbrenner as a screener or a decoy. Um, but again, because the clock didn't start on time, they, they literally used a stopwatch, took a stopwatch out and, and timed it, which is kind of the equivalent of football using the uh, the index card as the measurement that one time uh, on the, the chain measurement. But again, I, I get why Creighton fans would be upset, but I don't think the refs did anything wrong in the last you know 1.2 seconds no. of that game. I agree with you. I, I think... It's just five. It was a good back and forth, but to rail on the refs on that foul call—that's that's not the one I would. That's not the fight that you. I think you could win. I think that's that's an ab, uh, an absolute foul call. Now you can go back and try to track other fouls throughout the game and say, you know, hey, you should have called them. You know, that's that should. You know, you should you should be in a situation where it doesn't have to come down to that situation. Hopefully, and ultimately, it did. It, and it cost them. If Creighton does have a gripe, it's one that I think a lot of teams would have, and that's the basketball that's being used throughout the tournament. We've heard complaints from both the men's side and the women's side about the ball being overinflated, being too bouncy. Mm. And, you know, that that Mm. bore out again. I mean, Creighton only shot 2 of 17 from 3, San Diego State 3 of 13. And, Strick, we haven't seen a lot of great shooting performances this tournament. Kansas State and Michigan State put one on. Uh, in their game. Other than that, there haven't been a lot of teams that have had consistent success shooting the ball. On the one hand, I get it. It's the same for both teams. On the other hand, this is your biggest event if you're at the NCAA. If the ball's overinflated and it's going to make it harder to shoot, that's a problem. Offense is already at a premium in college enough as it is. You should be trying to help these guys out and I'm making it harder for them. Yeah, and... and I think you can look at multiple uh, occasions in game film to where the ball literally was halfway down. But when you have an inflated ball, that, that, that rattle to the side usually has an upward out upward and out type of momentum. Whereas that same movement with a little softer ball can kind of settle in there and drop, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I mean, I, I I noticed a few shots that I was like, wait a minute, that was dang near like at the bottom of the net. How did that come back out? But that 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 could be attributed to that situation. And it, you know, uh, you know, can you address that now, or are we going to start doing a Deflate Gate in, in the NCAA <laughs> tournament or Inflate Gate? That's what we have to call it at this point. Tom Brady is either livid because the NCAA doesn't understand that you're supposed to deflate it, or he's rubbing his hands together. Okay, it's Tom Brady's time. Time to go deflate some basketballs. People are going to love me for it. I don't know. Either way, I could see Tom Brady taking some time out of retirement to uh, do us a service and kind of deflate those basketballs a little bit. The other game we have to get to, though, in the Elite Eight strict is Miami and Texas. What a job by, by Jim Laranega and the Canes. 
led by guards. That's what it comes down to. Wong has been good all year. Pack has been solid. Jordan Miller has the first perfect shooting game in an NCAA tournament since Christian Leitner did it back for Duke. Miami was on the ropes a couple times, and that's why I'm so surprised to see an older, experienced Texas team not finish them. But again, Miami's guards were better down the stretch, and that was the difference. Listen, I was actually really surprised because you're absolutely right. It was one of those things where they literally looked like they were going to uh, run away with it in that game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Texas had it in its hand, and you know what was the problem? It was turnovers. Yeah, I mean, they were like it was like they were throwing the ball into Miami's hands, and they were giving them just you know opportunities to score on the other side. Um, 14 turnovers ultimately, but it's not even just the amount of the turnovers. It was the timing of the turnovers. And it was because they actually had the lead and, and, and not getting a shot in those, uh, in, in those situations is, is a huge difference. And, and, and you had already the shot lead on them. I mean, you got 60 field goals, uh, two point field goals up in another 25 to their 49. Total, you know what I mean? And at 25 threes, but I mean, my gosh, bro, it was just the timing of them and what ended up happening on the other end. They turned into opportunities getting Wong in the open court, uh, getting uh, Miller and Pack. Those guys, those guys are efficient, man. Mm-hmm. So you, you let them do that, and then you know, Miller was phenomenal at the free throw line, only one turnover. Um, his his efficiency was tremendous as well. You look at Miami, you mentioned they only take 49 shots as a team. And for a team that's, you know, as good at spreading teams out as anyone in the country, playing a lot of five out like Miami does, to only take eight threes in a game, I mean, that's some early 1980s yeah. stuff, regardless of who you are. I mean, teams yeah. are taking 15, 20 threes a game on average now. Miami only gets eight of them. But they counteract that with a fantastic night from the free throw line. 28 of 32 as a team. Uh, One guy missed three of the four free throws. And that's, again, where when you think of guards, a lot of times you think of that shooting. Miami's shot at a high clip all year. But the other thing Miami did and never stopped doing was trying to get downhill. You shoot 32 free throws, Mm -hmm. that's going to make up for not shooting some threes because you get points with the clock stopped, and that helped Miami crawl back in the game. Absolutely. That that got them back into the game and it allowed them to finish off the game as well, because then it's and, and, and again, we go back to the turnovers. What cost them at the end of the game? Lack of getting shots. They were still in it. And they I think they turned the ball over twice in, in the last two something minutes that did, didn't get an opportunity where you go on the other side and, and they make big buckets or big free throws. And, and that pushes the lead. Got a great shot um, uh, coming down on, on the other end. I can't remember who took it. Um, I want to say it might have been Bishop. Um, I can't remember who took it. Maybe one of the guys, but he had a great floater look. And then that, that's, that, that's that heavy inflated ball again. Mm-hmm. It looked like it was going in, and it just did not find the bottom of the rim. I was just like, wow. I, I, was, I was surprised because it was nice, soft touch. Went in, and then it kind of came out, and then you had to foul in that situation. But, yeah, when a team's shooting that good from the free throw line, you know, and, and you're late and you're not you're not up on them, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. You, you just, you just, you're, you're going to your death 
basically in the game because of the fact that these guys are knocking free throws down. How much, if any, of the loss do you put on Rodney Terry? Because Texas committed to him uh, officially. Uh, Rodney Terry is going to be the next head coach at Texas. Was there anything to do with how Rodney Terry approached that game, especially as he saw that lead start to dwindle, that worries you about Texas's future, or is this just a big credit to Larry Yeager and the Canes? Listen, the Canes just got it done. Um, and, and you look at it, this has been the successful run of guard, great guard play, great guard play. Mm-hmm. Um, even when the centers were needed, when you're looking at UConn, when you're looking at San Diego State, it really was still the guard play that were, 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 were setting it up. Then you look at freaking Kansas State, where no, no, uh, Noel had a 63% usage rate to where he was either assisting or scoring uh, for Kansas State. And, 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 and they were all effective in, in that area. Um, I, I want to say that, you know, Terry did a good job. He did a good job of keeping that team together when it easily could have fell apart. Um, it's tough when it, when it comes down to that because, you know, there's really nothing he can call. When guys are – when the ball is in guys' hands, it's out of his, right? Sure. Um, you know, there's really not much he can do at that point. You know, you got to slow down. You got to be sure. Um, and, but Miami was very active. They were very active with their hands. They were very active in passing lanes. They weren't letting them just kind of dribble and be comfortable, and it ultimately paid the price for them in a loss. Uh, but I don't think that was his fault. So you have the nine seed Florida Atlantic, the five seed San Diego State, and then the five seed Miami and four seed UConn. The matchups in the final four that'll tip off on Saturday. Love FAU. They're fun. Love. I just love. And, and 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 it's so much disservice to them. I don't care what conference you play on. You win 33, you win 30, 30, 30, uh, you go 30 and three in your games. You're, you're doing something. Mm-hmm. You're knocking teams off. You're beating people. You're not because because guess what? They have to play um, uh, a big, big, uh, an ACC school. They pay. They play at least two or three big schools minimum in their non-com mm-hmm. because that's their money that's their money games right when you're a small college you play those big money games really stack your stack your chips for your your program so you had to have knocked some teams off you maybe took some losses too to a couple you know and that's okay because that makes you better when you get into the conference play now now that's when you start taking control you start running things because it seasons you and it got you ready for what you're about to face in your conference and then there's probably not going to be too many conference teams if you play a pretty staunch non-conference game it's not going to be too many teams that can beat you to your point those two uh, games that FAU played early early in the season second game of the year they go to Oxford to play Ole Miss lose by 13 and then their third game of the year they're on the road in Gainesville they take down Florida 76-74 not not a vintage Florida team but still a solid team and was definitely a sign of things to come so uh, the Owls went from Friday November 11th to Thursday February 2nd between losses Regardless of who you're playing, like you said, that's a run, that's a stretch, that's impressive. Their only other loss so far this season uh, was on the road at Middle Tennessee State. They lost that one by four points. If I had to, if I made you pick now, who's your champion? You hear that? You hear that? I'm trying. I was trying to be. 
Okay, we'll get your champion on the other side. We'll step aside. We'll play the shootout. Uh, hopefully, the captain's done uh, with his announcement. Okay, there we go. Oh, we're there done. We go. Okay, your champion. Who, who do I see? Yes, right yeah, now. He, he dipped off. Um, right now, I, 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 I oof, ah, um, ah, Yukon. Yukon. Okay. Yukon. Okay. Popular pick. They're favored by five and a half over Miami. Tough to bet against them the way they're playing right now. Again, those games will take place on Saturday. All right, now it's time to step aside the shootout with Strick from the sea. That's right. <laughs> we'll see how this one goes for Strick. We're playing uh, how well do you know your final four teams. So call now for your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings. We'll play the shootout on the other side.